The stuff that you've been given, that we've been told not to repeat, is matter that has been used. It's our children's homework assignment. And we can't read it in the Indiana Senate. I would think that's a pretty good indicator that it's harmful to minors. If we can't read it in the Senate, then we shouldn't be given to freshmen for homework. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fearless with Mark and Amber, the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. I'm your co-host, Amber Archer. And with me, as usual, is my husband, Mark Archer. How am I expected to concentrate when all I smell is bread? (laughs) She's making bread right now. And sub it, sub subway and it's sandwiches. Right next to my office here in the house, <laughs> and I smell bread. Well, happy Tuesday to you. It is February sixteenth, twenty twenty one, and we have a lot to talk about today because last week was really interesting, and over the weekend we sent out a mass email to our newsletter, mm-hmm. updating everyone about what happened last week. So do you want to give a quick rundown? And then we're actually going to get into the contents, the audio contents of some of the things that transpired at the Indiana State House. Sure. So last Wednesday, there was the opening testimonies for uh, Indiana SB 288, Senate Bill 288, which is to repeal the obscenity exemptions for the state of Indiana. Now, in the state of Indiana, if you remember, if you haven't had a chance, you can listen back to Saturday's episode. If you want to go even deeper, you can go back to episode 34, Mm -hmm. where we talked about what is obscenity, and we talked about what these exemptions are that were put in place state by state back in the 50s through the 70s. Yeah. And what the exemption does right now in the state of Indiana and many other states is uh, things that are obscene, pornographic materials in particular, are illegal unless you're in a classroom or a public library. Right. And this is how the Planned Parenthoods and uh, other such organizations have managed to get these graphic, graphic, comprehensive sexual education curricula into our schools. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so much worse than even that, as you'll hear from some of these clips today. And, and when we get to uh, Jennifer McWilliams at the end, we'll talk about how we've gone through. I just got off the phone with her here this morning, went through and confirmed these links that she found within the school's Various schools' websites of how it takes you in three or four clicks directly to porn. Well, and and hello, this is a really big problem while kids are at home and only on their devices. Exactly. So in Indiana right now, SB 288 is up and what it does is it closes this loophole. So Mm -hmm. for K-12 schools and public libraries, it closes this exemption and holds them accountable. Right. And... As you heard in our opening uh, clip there, Aaron Negengard, who we'll hear from here in just a second, he's a former chief deputy prosecutor for the state of Indiana. He's been a prosecutor in other capacities for many years, Mm -hmm. pointed out rightly uh, that, uh, and if you didn't hear Saturday's podcast, I'll give you just a little side story here before the testimonies were to start. One of the senator's aides came out. Now, uh, Rhonda Miller and Jennifer McWilliams with Purple for Parents of Indiana had given 
information packets to all of the senators on this committee. Right. With samples of things that have come straight out of textbooks, straight out of homework assignments here in Indiana. And one of the senator's aides came out before the testimony started and said, just so you know, you can't read this stuff on on record. Right. You you can't. And, and of course, he said, well, for starters, uh, this is being live streamed. This is a public, a public forum. And and I love this. He said, we don't know who might be watching. There might be students watching. <laughs> and we said, well, doesn't that make the point? Doesn't mm-hmm. that make the case? I guess we're concerned about it if students are watching, but if they're in a classroom, according to Indiana state law, it's okay. Right. And we had some questions and I, we love questions. We love when people ask questions and there were a couple of questions about um, what book is it in particular Mm -hmm. that is obscene matter. And then the other question was who decides what obscene is? Where's what's the definition of obscene? And the problem is there is not any one particular book. There are many and several. Well, let's go ahead and listen to Aaron Nagengard and what he had to say at his testimony as a prosecutor. Chairman Rotz, members of the committee, thank you for allowing us to be here today. I rise in support of Senate Bill 288. My name is Aaron Nagengard. I am a private citizen, but I've previously been a prosecutor for a number of years in Senator Rotz's jurisdiction. As well, I was the chief deputy for the attorney general's office in the last administration. As a former prosecutor and the chief deputy attorney general, child exploitation, child pornography, child sexual assault, human trafficking, it's unfortunate that these crimes are prolific in our state and far too common. A lot of that is due to the degradation of our families and morality within the schools. And because of that, we need to look at how our schools are protected from dissemination of matter that would normally be a crime. And, you know, there's been a parade of horribles and the ambiguity. This is not ambiguous at all. If a school or library or public library, a taxpayer-funded institution violates a criminal law by disseminating matter that is harmful to minors. This law has been on the book for years. There's no question as to what that pertains to. It pertains to obscenity. Obscenity has never been determined by the Supreme Court to be protected free speech. To the contrary, obscenity is in violation, uh, is not protected under the First Amendment to the Constitution, nor is it protected under the Indiana Constitution. It's pretty, it's, it's really not that complicated. If a school were to disseminate this to minors, as they are currently doing, the, the, the stuff that you've been given, that we've been told not to repeat, is matter that has been used. It's our children's homework assignment. And we can't read it in the, in the, in the Indiana Senate. We can't read it. I would think that's a pretty good indicator that it's harmful to minors. If we can't read it in the Senate, then we shouldn't be given to freshmen for homework. So I think the most interesting thing that he said, well, he said a lot of things that were very spot on, but you notice that he pointed out 
that obscenity is not protected free speech. And this is one of these narratives that you've heard that we've all heard mm -hmm. all our lives. Well, it's First Amendment, First Amendment. What are, we, what are we really talking about? It is not protected by the First Amendment. U.S. Supreme Court said this is not protected free speech. It is not protected by the Constitution of the United States. And in Indiana, it is also not protected free speech in the state of Indiana. So that argument that you're somehow depriving people of their right to obscenity is wrong. Yeah. You have a right to look at whatever you want, but you do not have a right to distribute that. And force it upon the children. Exactly. Who, who A, where is their voice in this matter? Who is standing up for the children? Mm -hmm. The state has made it legal this, in fact, to this, be forced upon the children, yeah. we should everyone be upset. Yeah, and what can the can the children get up and leave the classroom? No, <laughs> no. Can they? And we'll we'll see also here in a, a couple of clips in here that one of the opponents of this, Lisa Tanzel, general counsel for the Indiana School Boards Association, came in and in her testimony said, "Oh, Indiana is an opt-in state." That's wrong. That's wrong. It's only been on the books for two years. It's an opt-out state. Mm -hmm. And the difference is dramatic. Yeah. The difference is opt-in means we're not going to teach this unless you as the parent say, I want my kids taught this pornographic material. Mm -hmm. That's not the case in Indiana. In Indiana, the case is opt-out. That means your kid is going to get this whether you like it or not, unless you sign the opt-out form, in which case we will ostracize your, your your child. Right. And they'll go to another room while everybody else watches the porn. Right. And this woman, who's an attorney, came in and straight up told untruth. Let me just say that. She <laughs> knows better. Yeah. And we'll we'll get get to her and the uh the rebuttal on her in a second. And I, I'd also like to just remind everybody, we are talking about taxpayer-funded schools mm -hmm. and organizations and libraries. Taxpayer-funded schools and libraries. So I think we all need to really ask ourselves, are we okay funding the schools and libraries that are allowing these matters to be distributed to our children of all ages? We're talking K through 12. This bill is to protect K through 12. Mm-hmm. So the next clip that we have for you is actually from an interview that I conducted for another film project many years ago. While we were researching for another film? While we were researching for another film. And this is actually an interview that I got with um, Allen County Prosecutor Karen Richards mm -hmm. and had to do with talking about obscenity mm -hmm. and what that means. And so she gave a very interesting, I think very well uh, well thought out explanation of what obscenity is. So uh, the question always comes up, what is the definition of obscenity? Who makes that determination? And the major misconception, as we said, is that this is a constitutionally protected speech and it is not. So says the Supreme Court. And let's just read the three prong Miller test that is applied to obscenity, I'm going to read it directly from the federal statute. One, whether the average person applying contemporary adult community standards, remember that, adult community standards, finds the matter taken as a whole 
appeals to prurient interest, i.e. an erotic, abnormal, unhealthy, degrading, shameful, or morbid interest in nudity, sex, or excretion. Two, whether the average person applying contemporary adult community standards find that the matter depicts or describes sexual conduct in a patently offensive way, i.e. ultimate sexual acts, normal or perverted, actual or simulated, masturbation, excretory functions, lewd exhibition of the genitals, sadomasochistic sexual abuse, and three, whether a reasonable person finds the matter taken as a whole lacks serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value. Any material that satisfies this three-pronged test may be found obscene. So without further ado, let's go and listen. I found this in the the archives here. (laughs) Uh, Karen Richards, who is still the current Allen County, Indiana prosecutor. There's only one crime in the entire set of state criminal statutes, only one that I'm aware of, that brings community morality into the statute as part of the charge, as part of the illegal activity, and that's obscenity. Because what obscenity is all about is what a reasonable member of the community using contemporary community standards thinks only applies to a prurient interest in sex or a, I'm trying to think of a different word for prurient, like a base interest, a grotesque interest, a non-artistic, cultural, loving interest in sex. But it's the only crime that actually is part of it as the, of the crime, asks you to take into account contemporary community values. And I did for a long time the initial hearings. You first, on any obscenity case, you had a probable cause hearing where you looked at the material, found that it was probably obscene, and then you had to have a trial on whether the person actually distributed. And I spent years doing these probable cause hearings in misdemeanor court. And I think there were three things everybody always agreed on that were obscene. And I still think they're obscene. Bestiality is is obscene. Anything with children is obscene. And anything with sadomasochism is obscene. And I don't care who was in the room when we were watching these things. In this community, and I hope in every other, those three things are obscene. Period. End of story. Notice that she said community standards. Mm -hmm. And it is going to be different in every community which is why it is so very important for every one of us to raise our voices and be heard to stand up for the children, especially in our communities. And it's interesting to note, too, this interview, like I said, was from a a different project that we've been researching and working on for a while that has to do with obscenity Mm -hmm. and community standards. It's It's a true story about a community that fought back against the pornography industry um, and and eventually won. But it was all about this definition of obscenity. And yeah, the story yeah. actually took place here in Fort Wayne. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, while the community managed to rid itself of these adult establishments, the bookstores and the pornographic movie theaters, what do we still have plenty of in the city of churches? Strip clubs. Strip clubs. We have, we're known as the city of churches and strip clubs. And so community standards uh, are established partially based on 
how a community tolerates things like that. Mm -hmm. And so if you go one county south, like to Adams County or Wells County, that are much more rural, you're not going to find strip clubs. You're not going to find things like that down there. pornographic bookstores. pornographic bookstores, right. You're not going to find that kind of stuff. And so it's easier to keep those out because the community has already spoken out against it and it Mm -hmm. has a, a history of not being acceptable there. County like Allen County or Marion County where Indianapolis is, or up near Lake County, for example, near Chicago, is a lot harder because that kind of stuff has been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so, grandfathered in. Yeah. Sort of like these laws. Mm-hmm. So the next one that we have to hear from is Eric Miller with Advance America. So Eric Miller started Advance America in 1980, and his organization, I just I found it so fascinating because his organization reviews each bill that's filed in the Indiana General Assembly. And like they state on their website, this could be as many as 1,200 separate bills in just one year. And I was so glad to see someone, you know, I was watching the live stream mm-hmm. from home. I wasn't able to attend down at the state house, but watching the live stream, and I just loved how thorough he was in his testimony. So I'm excited to share it with everybody else. And I'm glad that he came in at the end because yes. on a future podcast, we'll share some of the opponents of this and the disinformation that they tried to share and who came right before eric miller was lisa tansell general counsel for the indiana school boards association and she supplied the false narrative to the members of the senate eric miller came in and corrected that right with the truth so that's what he starts off with let's listen to eric miller Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Members of the committee, Eric Miller with Advance America. I want to clear up some things, I think, for the committee uh, to help you understand exactly what the bill will do. I think there's some misunderstanding by some of the people that have testified. First of all, I want to mention that the bill passed in 2018 concerning sex education was not an opt-in. It was an opt-out. Parents, the children will be shown materials in sex education classes unless the parents choose to opt-out. It is not an opt-in. Now, what the bill would do, please look on page two, line 28 through line 42, the rest of the page. What the bill says is that under current Indiana law, a someone who disseminates matter harmful to minors can be prosecuted. However, under current law, it is a defense if it takes place in a school or public library. This means that something that is illegal outside the school or library and can be prosecuted and the person can be convicted, that a person cannot be convicted under current law if they provide matter harmful to a minor in a school or public library. That's the current law because people in schools and public libraries now have a defense to disseminating something that is illegal. Senate Bill 288 is merely a bill that sets up a process to help protect children in entities that are funded by the taxpayers, public schools and public libraries, because it removes that defense. Now, the other thing to clear up some some confusion, I think, for people is that if a person in a school or public library is convicted of a crime of disseminating matter harmful to minors, only then can the parents sue the school or the public library. And so we're not talking about a lot of litigation taking place uh, against a school or a public library because somebody doesn't want uh, the material shown to a child. No, two things have to happen. 
Three things. The prosecutor has to decide that the matter is illegal and the individual needs to be prosecuted. Then that individual is convicted and only then can the parents sue. If something is illegal outside the school, it should be illegal inside the school or the library. And if a school has a library about something, if this bill were to pass, if the school or the public library had a doubt about something, whether or not that is matter harmful to minors, they need to err on the side of safety of the children and remove that material from the child being able to see that. Again, we're talking about illegal activities that are now able to take place in a school or a public library and removing that defense. It's a simple bill. It is a pro-child bill. It is a pro-protection for children bill. It should be passed. I would urge the committee to do that loved loved his explanation Mm -hmm. i mean he was so thorough in explaining that and if you guys have any questions he just goes right to the point yeah he just totally deflated the last argument that they had heard Mm -hmm. because it was wrong yeah and i think he makes just such a, a a poignant point same thing that aaron negengard said if it's illegal outside the school it should be illegal inside the school. Right, it's but, very simple. And the, and that's the thing that I don't understand. And this this exemption, the obscenity exemption has been on the books for so long. Mm-hmm. And it, I just wonder, how many parents actually know that that's there? How I many, think very few. How many parents and grandparents, how many communities actually even know that, that this is allowed in Indiana? Mm-hmm. In the public schools. Yeah, not only And Indiana. only, and yeah. only is it allowed in the public schools and libraries. Yeah. Otherwise, it's illegal. Yeah, and again, you go back to episode 34, we talked about this. Materials that, if I were disseminating them to the neighbor kids, I could be arrested and put in jail for, but mm-hmm. if I'm their teacher in the classroom, it's protected. Right. It's insanity. It's absolutely insanity. So, I, I'm... I'm just grateful that there are people like Eric Miller and Aaron Negengard that can come and speak to this with clarity. Mm-hmm. The last clip that we have is Jennifer McWilliams. Now, Jennifer has been on the show before. Mm-hmm. Jennifer is a teacher whistleblower. She uh, is the founder of Purple for Parents of Indiana. Mm-hmm. She and Rhonda Miller, who you heard from on Saturday, and Rhonda's also been on a previous podcast, they work together, uh, and they are really at the tip of the spear mm-hmm. on this legislation. And also the legislation that was talked about from 2018, the opt-in, opt-out, it was originally, they were part of the push initially to make it an opt-in, and then at the last minute it got changed to an opt-out. That was not because of them. That was politics. Right. But they were part of that. Well, and I think it's so important to understand because um, Rhonda is – North mm-hmm. in in northern Indiana, and Jennifer is in middle to southern Indiana. She's down by Indianapolis, mm-hmm. and and you know, and here we were we're northeast Indiana. So, but it takes everybody working together, and in your local communities. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much more I can stress that people need to get involved in their local communities. I mean, tell your pastors, tell you know your your circle of friends, tell everyone you know about these especially about bill sb 288 and let them know that these things are happening i mean until the communities rise up and say enough is enough Mm -hmm. it's not going to change 
And getting involved can be, uh, you know, it starts by simply being bold enough to ask questions. Listen, these are your children. Uh, can I also say just sending an email, sending an email to your representative, making mm-hmm. a phone call to your representative? Yeah. Listen, Listen, they are there to work for us. They work for us. We don't, we are not their servants. We are not their slaves. And if there's any time in history when this should really rile you, <laughs> when we should now, be questioning things, we should be questioning all of this. This is not acceptable that this has gone on this long. No, I want you to pay special attention to what Jennifer has to say because she brought examples. Yeah. And this morning, before we did this podcast, I sent her a message and I said, please call me so that I can confirm these. And I was on the phone with her and had her step me through these these samples that she's going to talk about. And we'll talk about it after you hear the clip. Additionally, I ask you to consider the online databases our schools provide children to use for research. Simply by exploring databases such as Inspire, Gale, and other encouraged resources by the schools, minors gain access to adult sexual content and hardcore pornography. The following are just a small example of what they can find. If you go to the website of Plainfield High School, their website, you click on their Inspire link. Search pornography and you will find an article titled, How Do You Really Feel About Porn? Within the article, there are links to pornography sites. One of them is an adult website that makes films and encourages applications for potential models. This article can be found also by searching simple terms like psychology or relationship quality. If you go to Fort Wayne Northside High School's Destiny Discover on their school website, and search blogs, it will give you a link to the Wiley Online Library. A search of the word pornography will give you an article directly from another adult website, including links to the website. Okay, so I was just on the phone with Jennifer and had her step me through this. And I can attest to all of you that this is legit. These links, uh, Plainfield High School, well, I showed you. (laughs) <laughs> the the one, the final link that she's talking about that takes you to an adult website. And it was... Pornography. It was porn. Yeah. It was straight up porn. I mean, naked How many women, clicks? How many clicks did it take about, to get there? About four clicks in. Right. Right. Not that hard to find. Um, and... But remember, the Library Association said there are rigorous, rigorous filters. Rigorous filters. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, the other one uh, that she talked about... Right here in our neck of the woods, Fort Wayne Northside High School, mm-hmm. um, Northside High School's website, and you can click through to an article from Playboy. Mm-hmm. And boy, it doesn't take too much to figure out where a student will go from there. Okay. And, and just because I know someone is going to say, now, why is that so bad? Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you play devil's advocate here. Sure. So why is this so bad? Number one. The issue with this is that it is the schools who are making these materials available to students. This is officially sanctioned by the school board, school body. They give you the links. Here, you want to do research? And you got to bear in mind, this is when students are using the school's research portal. Uh Can kids find this stuff on their own? Sure they can. Mm-hmm. But is it sanctioned by the school? It should not be a rubber stamp approval by the school systems. Right. We These are taxpayer-funded schools. Right. So let me give an example. If I, as a parent, 
don't trust my teen and I put a digital filter on their computer that's going to block this stuff, guess what? This is all through the school system yeah. computer. So just go around mom and dad. Just go right around it. Well, if it's if I tunnel through the school's portal, I can still view the porn yeah. because and the school school gave me the link, so it mm-hmm. must be okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. This is the point. this is the problem. This is this the is why the obscenity exemptions need to be repealed, and the schools need to what did what did Eric Miller say? Err on the caution of safety for the children. Mm-hmm. And and in the mind polluters, we go into, you'll see when the film comes out, we go into the history of how all of this comprehensive sexual education has come about. And this was all funded initially by the Rockefeller Foundation and Playboy. <laughs> the pornography industry is behind this. And, and at- as you see, now we've got... School resource section on the school's website taking you to where? Playboy. Playboy magazine. Well, and just look at our society. Look at what a problem pornography is. And I think that's why that's why our new documentary, The Mind Polluters, it's focusing on the sexualization of children in America. Mm-hmm. And you have to look at where it's coming from. And the education system is a an enormous piece of that story. The education system has become the conduit straight into the minds of our children. So if you are in Indiana, what you can do right now, you hear if you're listening to this on Tuesday or even on Wednesday morning, call or write your state senator, call or write your state representative. So in the show notes, you will find the link to our newsletter that we sent out on Saturday, and that has all of the links to all of the senators that are on this committee. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not in their jurisdiction, send them a letter. We've got a sample uh, letter that you can... A cut, really quick, brief, yeah, just cut, copy, copy and paste. paste. And it's just very respectful. I encourage you to do this and send it off. It'll take you 10 minutes. There's, there's what, 13? It'll take you two minutes. 13 senators, right? Yeah. <laughs> send it off to them. Make your voice heard. And then... Also be praying about this. Mm-hmm. Um, if this passes out of committee and then passes in the Senate, which we're hopeful that it will. It's expected to. It's expected to. Then it will flip to the House side. If you're in Indiana and you want to testify, then we will let you know when that's going to happen. And by all means, come on down. Yeah. Show up in purple, in force, and make your voice heard because the battle seems to be on the House side. Yeah. And uh, not to get into parties here, but let me just pick on the Republicans because we're the Indiana has supermajority in the House and the Senate plus the governor's office, all Republican controlled. This should be a slam dunk, but it's not. Mm-hmm. And so we need to make our voices heard. So, and if you are not in the state of Indiana, then please just pray. Yeah. So you guys, that is all the information we have today on today's show. And on Thursday, we're going to get back to our interview with Alex Newman and learn more about the education system. And and who is this man, John Dewey? And who is this man, John Dewey? If you missed that episode, I'll leave a link to the previous episode in the show notes for you. There is so much going on. Make sure you subscribe to our newsletter. You can text We Are Fearless to 22828. You can subscribe to our newsletter through 
the link to our newsletter on Saturday. Just look up at the top. It says subscribe to our newsletter and stay up to date with all that's happening with the Ministry of Fearless Features. Have a great day. <laughs>